As we continue in Advent today, we remember that Advent comes in the midst of a people who are unsure. Advent comes in the midst of people who are driven by fear. Advent comes in the midst of people who are wondering if God is still God. As we go to the prophet Isaiah this morning, we learn that in 1st Isaiah, 1st Isaiah are chapters 1 through 39 in the book of Isaiah, we learn that God's people have just run amok. Have you seen anything like this before? <laughs> it seems that God's people have forgotten who they are and whose they are, and all they see is disaster, and all they see is fear, and all they see is failure, and all they see is scarcity. But then we get to the 10th chapter of Isaiah, and God says that there will always be a remnant, a remnant of the faithful, a remnant of those who remember that God is still on the throne, that God is faithful, that God is righteous, that God is merciful, and that God never breaks God's promises. So the remnant shall return to God. And when the remnant return, this is what they will find. In Isaiah chapter 11, beginning in the first verse, a shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. For the wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fateling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. 
They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord and the waters cover the sea. On that day, on that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him and his dwelling shall be glorious. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that you are indeed our worthy and our holy God. So God, won't you speak to our hearts and our minds and our souls. Transform us, oh God, so that we might be the disciples that you have called us to be. And we might go out of these doors to be about the work of transformation in this community and beyond. Lord, nobody woke up this morning and said, let me go here, Jasmine. But we've come expecting a word from you. So speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. When I was learning to drive, (laughs) straight was easy. Do you remember when you learned to drive? If, if somebody put the car in the driveway just right, I could easily coast out of the driveway. But actually driving, learning to change lanes and learning to yield and learning to turn and oh my goodness see this was before we had backup cameras and side view cameras and front cameras and sensors that tell us beep 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 you're about to hit something dr bob i learned how to drive before then And you had to use these things called mirrors. And a lot of us have forgotten to use our mirrors because we rely on the technology in our cars. And sometimes the technology gets it wrong. The hardest part about learning how to drive was learning to use the mirrors. Now, which mirror do you use when? When do you use the rear view mirror? When do you use the left side view mirror? When do you use the windshield? When do you... The one that always caught my attention said that objects in mirror may be closer than they appear. But see, you had to get an object in the mirror first in order for it to be closer than it appeared because, you know, there were blind spots. (laughs) And, And if you moved over in a lane and somebody was in your blind spot, you would hear, and beep, beep, 
And you might hear my father say, Jasmine! <laughs> or my mother say, use the mirrors, girl! <laughs> but the truth of the matter is that many of us have blind spots in our lives. And, and those blind spots in our lives create for us a fear because we fear what we cannot see and we fear what we do not know and we fear what we cannot control. And somehow between Easter and Advent, we've forgotten that we are people who do not live in a spirit of fear. Fear of how we're going to pay those bills. Fear of how we're going to take care of those children. Fear of whether or not our health is going to hold up. Fear of today and tomorrow just because I cannot control it. And a fear of change that leaves us paralyzed. But Advent is a season where we are to move through and beyond fear so that we can see God's abundant life for us. Advent is a season where we see fear and we replace it with hope or we replace it with love or we replace it with joy or we replace it with peace and we do not allow anyone to push fear back into our view but for some of us that's really hard you know we've always relied on the stock market <laughs> and we've always relied on that paycheck <laughs> and we've always relied on that offering plate and we've always relied on those trust funds and we've always relied on what i can see But the scripture says to us today, out of nothing, out of nothing, that's what the, the stump is. The stump means that the Davidic line has been cut off and the people are wondering if there will ever be a king like David, if we will ever be okay again, if we will ever be able to get along at Thanksgiving dinner when politics comes up. But out of disaster, out of punishment, out of fear, a stump produces a branch that takes root and that transforms us. Pastor, this scripture is really, really, really confusing. I mean, what, 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 what's going on here? Stumps and branches and trees and roots. I live in the concrete jungle. What are you talking about? 
Honey, I don't know anything about that either. But I do know that what we see is not what God sees. And where we get caught up is not where God gets caught up. And and where we fall sick and want to die, where we see the end, where we see that things are over, where we see that things are just too hard to continue to put one foot in front of another, where we see ending, God sees a new beginning. The scriptures teach us that the spirit of the Lord shall rest on this branch. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. Maybe our fear of people and our fear of loss and our fear that somebody might take our place and our fear that I might not get what I want. Maybe our fear stops us from seeing what God is trying to show us. When's the last time that you looked for new branches among something that was dead? When's the last time you expected a rose to come out of a rose bush that is dried up and dead dead? When is the last time you looked for something new? among what is old and dead. You see, the scriptures teach us today that God takes what is dead. God takes what is over. God takes what is finished and uses it for resurrection. And and we know as Easter people that resurrection leads to new life. And yet, Dr. Kirkland, we're still walking around saying, what what, what are we going to do? How are we going to do that? Where is the money tree? If the Spirit of God is truly at work in your life, if the Spirit of God is truly at work in my life, 
then I can see what God sees. <laughs> and I can hear what God hears. And, and I can see that something dead will lead to something new and that something old will lead us to something extraordinary and that what is empty will be full again and that what is lost shall be found again and that God has a different way of doing things than we're used to doing things and if we'll just look a little closer in that mirror then maybe just maybe we'll see something beyond what is stopping us from trusting God now how is the spirit of God working in your life do you trust the spirit of God in your life do you trust it for wisdom and understanding? Do you trust the Spirit for counsel and might? Do you trust the Spirit for knowledge and to fear the Lord? Or have you put the Lord as your best friend right next to you instead of as one to be bowed down to because God is God all by God's self and God does not need our help? The scripture says he shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. If God doesn't judge <laughs> by what's right in front of us, and if God doesn't judge by what God hears, then why do we? Steve, we've become a very cynical people. Isn't that right, Wayne? We, we've become very cynical. We've become a people who live through cynicism. We are always expecting the worst thing, and we're pretty sarcastic about it. All you have to do is turn on the news or talk to your neighbor even the neighbor sitting next to you in church. And you may experience some cynicism. But have we become so cynical <laughs> that our faith is taking a back seat? What does our cynicism say about our faith in God? What does our cynicism about our political situation in this country say about who God is and what God does and whether or not God is in charge? What does our cynicism say about worship this morning? What does our cynicism say about how we feel about the future of this church? What does our cynicism say about how God will move us through and into a different kind of future? Has your cynicism replaced your faith? A little child shall leave them? Hmm. That's not how things work around here. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist. And faithfulness 
the belt around his loins. An extraordinary countercultural peace shall pass all understanding. And the wolf shall live with the lamb, and the leopard shall die, lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the lion, and the fatling together, and the cow, and the bear, and the young, and the old, and the lion, and the ox, and the nursing child, and the snake, and the weaned child, and the adder. They won't fight anymore. The millennials and the boomers will get along. The Gen Xers will stop being invisible. The silent generation might say something to the alpha generations. Because on God's holy mountain, everything has been turned upside down and inside out, and our way gets replaced with God's way, and we might experience a little bit of Eden here on earth. But just like the people in the first 10 chapters of Isaiah, we have a choice to make. Will we see what God sees and be led by God? Will our faith trump our cynicism and our fear and our doubt? Or will we kowtow to the culture that we live in that says, me, 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 mine, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. And if I can't see how I got it, then it can't be done. The remnant knows that in the midst of chaos, peace and justice still reign. The remnant knows that what I see is not what God sees. The remnant knows that what is happening today is not the rest of the story. The remnant knows that cynicism does not trump faith. The remnant knows that God is still God. And while we're waiting on this baby, we ought to say hallelujah anyhow. The remnant knows that God is still God and that what is taking over in our lives is not of God and can be put out if we rely on the Holy Spirit. So what's in your blind spot? Maybe the Spirit of the Lord is hanging out there. Do you see what God sees? No, really. Do you see what God sees? Or do you see what you see? See, in order to make this mirror work, especially when you're first starting to drive, you gotta slow down. <laughs> slow down. And just like Officer Friendly and the school crossing guard taught you, stop and look both ways multiple times. Because what you saw the first time is <laughs> not what you're going to see the next time. 
And what you see the next time is not what you're going to see when God reveals what God is doing. The truth of the matter is this. The objects really are closer than they appear. What God is trying to give us while we wait is closer than it appears. Hope is closer than it appears, Pastor Walter. Love is closer than it appears, Alicia. Hope is closer than it appears, Helen. Hope is closer than it appears, Cornelia. Hope, love, peace, joy. Yep. <laughs> They're closer than they appear. So I want you to consider a question this week. Do you live in a culture of fear? Or do you live in a culture of faith? Stacy Simpson Duke, who's a biblical scholar, said the transformation from a culture of fear to a world of peace begins with a stump. God is raising up new branches. We say it every communion Sunday, Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ shall come again. But do you believe it? Do you live it? Do you see what God sees? And, and, and if this is a, <laughs> you know, if this is a foreign concept to you and you don't know how to see what God sees, just slow down. Slow down a little bit. Get quiet for a little bit. And ask the one that created you to show you the way. Do you see what I see? Objects in mirror are closer than they appear.